The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, and thanks so much for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. My name is Carrie Charles, and I am excited to have with me today a special guest, the CEO of Segra. Tim Biltz. Tim, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, Carrie, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, so am I. So am I. So, Tim, you have been in the industry a long time. So tell me a little bit about your journey, how you got where you are today. Well, as you can tell, I'm no longer the youngster in the room, but uh, I've had the good fortune of being in the wireless or the comms infrastructure industry my entire career. I started in the early to mid-80s building cellular systems for a company called the Providence Journal, which we sold to GTE, which I guess became Singular and then AT&T. So in 89, I joined another relatively startup called Vanguard Cellular. And through the decade of the 90s, operating under the Cellular One brand, we built the second or third largest independent cellular business, primarily on the East Coast, about 35 markets, which sold to AT&T as well. And then that was at the uh, late 90s was the beginning infancy of the tower industry. And so joined a sponsor and a great entrepreneur, Steve Clark, in the formation of SpectreSite. And so from 99 to 2005, we built SpectreSite to just short of 8,000 towers, 10,000 rooftops, maybe 800 in-building systems before we merged with American Tower and created that global giant that it still remains. So after that, I took a few years off, did some board work with some Sprint affiliates and stayed in the wireless industry, did some private investing, invested in a technology company called Yap. You know her today as Alexa. Uh, Amazon bought that technology and that company in 2011. And it was a voice recognition next generation. Mm-hmm. Then in 2012, I got called out of retirement to uh, join a company called Lumos, which was based in Virginia. It was a CLEC. When I say CLEC, I think about buying from the local telephone company, marking it up, which was all in vogue in 2010, 11, 12. But uh, we rapidly turned it into a fiber company, transformed the revenues to a facilities-based company versus a you know, off-net business. And uh, in 2017, we sold to EQT a major investor in our space, and created Segra by acquiring two other companies, Spirit Communications and North State. And so here we are. That's 30 years and oh my two minutes goodness. or less. <laughs> That's great. You did a great job. Wow. Uh, talk about experience. That's incredible. Incredible. Tell me about more about Segra, your differentiators, your footprint, your business unit. There's so much here that I think uh, makes Segra very, very special in the industry. Yeah, so Segra at its core is a fiber company. We're located in the eastern part of the United States. So think Pittsburgh to Atlanta. So the Carolinas and the Virginias, a little bit into Maryland and into Pennsylvania. And we are a competitive fiber co. Uh, We have run over 25,000 miles of fiber throughout that footprint. As I said, we consolidated three companies to create Segra. 
uh, three very well-performing but subscale companies. Companies now uh, north of $550 million in revenue. So we're large enough to be relevant in the industry, but yet still have that small company entrepreneurial feel that uh, defines us as a challenger brand. So our product suites are what you would expect, dark fiber through lit services, primarily servicing large uh, enterprises and wireless carriers. We do have a small residential business. It's not so small anymore, maybe 100,000 homes past 40,000 broadband customers off fiber, but just getting started. I've heard you say that fiber is the heart of 5G. Talk a little bit more about that and you know, Segra's role in the 5G ecosystem. Well, as you know, we're, I'm very excited. Being a wireless person that started with first generation and watching the evolutions through each step and progressively getting more capabilities in the wireless network, even first going to digital and then going to 3 and 4G, where we gave some real robust improvements to the customers. 5G is it's a world of its own. It is as exciting of a time as the original cell building of cellular. To me, I think it's that type of step function. Mm-hmm. So the speeds that it will provide, the capacity that 5G will com- provide, the ability to create new applications and allow the innovators of our next generation to exploit and provide better services – While all that's exciting, and it is wireless, at the end of the day, fiber is the backbone. You need it for security. You need it for capacity. You need it for latency. So it is the classic infrastructure play of of 5G. So very excited to partner with our carrier partners for them to deliver this amazing service. And as I said, I'm a wireless guy at the heart. So (laughs) I'm, I'm very excited about 5G. Yes, yes. I think we all are for sure. So I know that Segra is in a massive growth mode right now. And I want to talk to you a little bit about culture because there were, you know, there were some integrations that you went through. And I know that you created, you had to create a brand new culture. So how did you do that? Well, you're absolutely right. Lumos was acquired. Our very first target or the company that we wanted to partner with or acquire was Spirit Communications. And it was billed as a merger of equals. The companies were a similar size. Lumos primarily in the Virginias and North and Spirit in South Carolina and North Carolina. As a merger of equals, we had to start from scratch. So the very first thing and everything about culture starts with your core values and what defines you as a company and how you relate with your people. So the first thing we did is we hired a very uh, talented but small, agile company to help us with this branding process, group that we had worked with Nike at the very beginning of Nike. Uh, So we're a challenger brand. And the first thing we did is we brought about 50 people together across the company, from frontline employees to senior executives. And we started with core values. And we established our core values. Many of them were similar between the two companies, but we created our own. We call them the Articles of Excellence. And once we had our core values established, we went to a brand promise because a brand only reflects the culture of a company. And then we worked through our brand promise, which uh, is the freedom to grow. We allow our customers the ability to grow their businesses with freedom, freedom from the incumbents, the incumbent way of thinking, allow them to prepare their business for the future. And then finally, we named the company that was a reflection of all of that, which is Segra. And Segra is, was named actually by one of our employees. That was one of the recommendations that made it through the whole process. And it means it's an ancient word. It means to win, to overcome, to prevail. 
And I think that is reflective of the team Segra. You know, talk about employees having a voice. One of your employees actually named the company. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You, you can't get much better than that. Yeah, it was terrific. And, you know, went through all the whole legal process, but Segra kept coming up to the top and people rallied around it. It's an incredible name. I really like it. When you say challenger brand, what do you mean by that? So a challenger brand, in our definition, challenges the status quo. And in what we do primarily is all businesses have some form of communication and data networks. The question is, you know, are those networks of such that will allow them to grow and really enable their business? And most companies are going through a digital transformation, which is great for our industry. And so we go to them and challenge their way of doing business today and primarily challenge our competitors' way of doing business. So we try to shake the trees and probably grown to a little into double-digit market share in our footprint to date. And we have plans to do more of that. So we have to come as an, uh, you don't go in thinking that they will buy from you because they need to or should. We earn their business. So it's a challenge. Mm. Challenge the incumbents aggressively. I love that. We, uh, we earn their business, but challenge aggressively. I like that. I might steal that from you. <laughs> That's a good one. I probably stole it from somebody else. Right? I know, right? Nothing's new on the planet. So I also heard you say that culture is everything. And I know that you believe that in your heart. You know, we know it's important, but, you know, there's still companies out there that really don't have a strong culture, don't know how to create one. Why do you think culture is so important? And how do you, you know, let's say for companies that may be struggling with this, how do you recreate it and strengthen it? Well, what I would say is it early on, and if you heard about my journey, every one of those companies was really a startup or early phase where we had a chance to develop our culture. And in most cases, if you can you know, go back far enough where cell phones were an annoyance to most and very expensive, to come to a non-wireline telephone company, cellular business, you, know, you had to recruit hard, you had to sell a vision, you had to find people that that was attracted to because it wasn't a sure bet. Most people were working within the big telecoms. And as a challenger brand, we offered both excitement for a great growth opportunity, lots of demand but also a place where you could really contribute and most importantly, be heard and mm. listened to. And mm. those basic respects for individuals, while they're very basic, the golden rule drives most of our culture. They get harder the larger you get. So uh, we're, we're very focused as we scale the business not to lose. And that's been true for the early days of cellular, the early days of the tower industry, little yeah. startup of Yap to even now Lumos and Segro, energizing people and having them feel proud of the work they do, but most importantly, by being respected and listened to. doesn't always mean we say yes, but having a voice is really important. And so if people uh, go on our website later, they'll see our articles of excellence, our core values, and the descriptors. But then we also institutionalized ways as we get bigger to make sure we're always in touch with our employees and the engagement. And so we can talk about that a little bit later. Something called Pecan. It's an employee engagement tool that we use, a couple of them. Oh, I like that. Let's talk about it now. I'm curious because employee engagement is, you know, it's a challenge for everyone. Early on, you just touch base by going out into the markets and, and talking to people and to have, you know, town halls and visit the markets. But that was once every quarter. And then as you got bigger, maybe 
twice a year. And then as you got really big, maybe once a year. And as our footprint grew, we decided to ask employees every Monday morning, five questions. And they're a rotating question. We partnered with a third party and it allows employees to communicate with us how they're thinking, what they're feeling. And it takes a minute to fill out if you have nothing to say. And it could take an hour if that's what you want. Every Monday morning, it has been for a number of years, a way to gauge how people are feeling, what they're thinking. And then it allows us to see where we have hot spots or issues come through the company. And it's, it's a valuable management. So I look at it as much as I do the financial statements. Wow, that's brilliant. So how many employees do you have again? Uh, we're probably any given day, 1,200-ish or something like that. So you have every person complete this every Monday? Well, it's their option. We right. have very high right. participation rates. It's 90%. It comes to their mobile. That's amazing. It's five questions, and they have the ability to give comments. And then we, since we know, while well, everything's 100% confidential, we don't know who's saying what. We do uh-huh. know where they roll up into the company and what department and what division. So each manager gets a statement of their employee engagement, some of the feedback that's coming from their employees. And we use it as a, a tool to make life better for them. Because- wow. At the end of the day, that's our job. Is to, I think part of our culture is, you know, the, the management team works for the employees. There's no question about that. Hmm. Without, without our employees, nothing else matters. I have to say amen here. That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. The other thing that you said, Tim, is you said, I look at them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I looked at them just before I got on the call. Every day I look at them. Yeah. Wow. And it's just not me. It's the entire management team. It's part right. of the culture. And it's the one thing, because we probably don't push financials as low into the organization as maybe I was accustomed to in years gone by when you had markets and regions and that are all, you know, we're still of a size that we do consolidated financials, but we do regional employee engagement. So that's one thing every manager of people can look at every Monday. Yeah. Oh, well, they can look at it all the time. And the other thing that we did that I think is equally as powerful is we created what we call the Excellence in Action. It's basically an internal social network where Mm -hmm. employees get to recognize other employees for their actions, their contributions, and they they tie them back, those recognitions, to our core values. We call it Excellence in Action. And and then we fund, as a company, uh, each employee gets so many points that they can redistribute in recognizing others. And if ever I have a bad day, I just go on excellence in action and read the amazing contributions our employees are making and being recognized by their peers. So those are the driver, the systematic things that drive culture because culture can't be about a person. It has to be about a company. Yeah. Such amazing, amazing. I could talk to you about that for hours and get some incredible ideas for myself. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you also have a knack for finding great talent. And I know that you've, you know, you've hired some incredible people over your career. I'm just curious if you would share maybe a couple of secrets on how to find great talent. Well, it's not, uh, it's not charm and good looks for sure. But but what I would say is I always say I amazed that everyone shows up to work because it's their choice. I think we start with that. And then what we try to create is it's a relationship, you know? So when we were recruiting, it's, it's a little bit like courting, right? We were looking for somebody that has similar values, aspirations, 
And not looking just for a job, although jobs are very important, pay is very important, income, because people have lives outside of work. We understand that. But you're trying to find that right mix, which is what matters. And I think when you, it's easier to recruit into a great demand curve, you're doing something meaningful, very easy to recruit into this industry today, because we are creating a platform, an infrastructure system, along with our carrier partners, that's going to change the world. And at the same time, there's a lot of routine work that has to get done, whether that's accounting or HR or billing, but it's all part of something that's special. So we very much use our industry to recruit because it's a great industry. And then we also acknowledge that people, just like I did, I came in, got some experience, then took that experience and went and leveraged at other places in my career. We don't want people to leave, but... If it's good for them, we're happy to have a lot of alumni out there. And we always welcome people back if the grass wasn't greener. So I think it's that appreciation that you know we try to meet people at where they are in their point in life. And, and that's allowed us to attract some really great people. And we have a great team. So don't recruit any. Stay away. Stay away. Unless it's good good for them. Right. Well, you know what you said, Tim, which I love is you said alumni. And it's such a positive spin because it's, it's something that, you know, when you're an alumni, you're proud, you're proud of where you came from and you really got something special from that experience. And so I love that distinction. One of my goals is that when people look back on their career, they'll say, boy, I remember that time at Vanguard or SpectraSight or hopefully now Segment. So that was the best years of my career. And I do have a lot of alumni out there. The tower industry is scattered with SpectraSight employees and they've all <laughs> built great companies and, and same for cellular mm. Vanguard. A lot of people that worked at Vanguard in those early days in their senior roles in the industry today. You know, that brings me to another question is that you said you wanted to build a legacy and this seems like it's part of that, right? It is. When I think about legacy, to me, it goes back to the good book, which is you're building something for the next generation. You build something that is, you leave something better than you found it. And you build a foundation. And I think I approach companies the same way. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Companies are not about people. They're about what that company does. And so legacy to me is having worked with the team to create something special will have meaningful impact for the next generation of employees, mm-hmm. broader society as a whole. Wireless has certainly provided a, a great place to spend the career. That's a big purpose. Amazing. So let's talk 2021. What are your hiring plans for this year? So they're still robust, maybe not as robust as we originally thought because of COVID. I mean, COVID is taking an impact greater than you know when we started in early 20. We had rip-roaring plans and we executed on them. We grew through COVID. We continue to invest and hire, and we're going to continue to invest and hire into 21. So if you go to the website, there's lots of openings and positions you would most likely expect, network operations and customer care facilities, sales positions. But we also are recognizing the country is not out of this woods yet. But we're investing heavily into the network with partnering with our wireless carriers as they deploy their 5G network. So we're continuing to build a foundation, but but we're growing and plenty of openings. Come to the website. Sounds like an amazing place to call home. That's for sure. 
Talk about the next five years for Segra. What's on the horizon? What do you see? Well, my retirement, <laughs> my handing <laughs> off. Uh, but at the highest level, we want to double our market share. It's pretty significant now. So we want to continue that challenger brand of bringing products and solutions to our enterprise and carrier customers that would more than double our business on an organic basis. And then, you know, we have been acquisitive. We think scale is density and footprint. So we'll continue to do tuck-in acquisitions. But the company, you know, if you think just doubling brings us to, you know, well over a billion dollars in revenue for any major acquisitions. And so we'll think about expanding the network footprint through uh, bolt-on acquisitions across near our network. We are unique in the sense that we do not have networks scattered around the country. And I'm not Mm -hmm. opining on anyone else's strategy, but we like contiguous network and uh, the ability to create a large community of interest to take advantage of fragmentation of our competitors. We're certainly not a global leader, but we are a super regional leader. And there's there's lots of lots of demand for our products as our markets evolve to a fully digitized so that's the ambition, and I'll be here for part of it, but so don't want to take the, you know, put a ceiling on what this company can be, next generation of leaders to, to set those aspirations. Well, Tim, you came out of retirement once, you might do it again. <laughs> I'm not very good at golf, so I'll probably be hanging around the industry for a while. Right, that's true. So where can we reach Segra and find out about all the great jobs and, and about the company? Sure. So if you go to Segra.com, S-E-G-R-A.com, and you scroll to the bottom, you'll, at the top website will show you all about the company and its products and its services. But if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see a button for careers. You hit that, you'll see our core values pop straight up, what we stand for, and a little more definition about what they mean. And then there's a button that says, look at Colonel." Easy enough. Easy enough. (laughs) Tim, this has been wonderful. Thank you for sharing your thoughts today, talking more about Segra. I just really enjoyed getting a view into your culture and, you know, who you are as the CEO. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, the same to you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.